Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Well, now when you use promo code DNVR, you can make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 only with promo code DNVR and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am only Patrick Lyons. <laughs> and I am Susie Hunter. Patrick, we are recording this after Thursday's game, and I feel like we have been here for maybe 15 hours. It was a long one. It, it was a long it was one. Long. It was a long one, but I'm trying to it, say. It, it ended on the quicker side because we were we were on pace for a, a very long one. Uh, and we've got a long show. We've got so much to cover today besides the Rockies 8-5 victory. They go to 41 and 49 on the season. 10 and 7 during this 17 game stretch against NL West opponents, one of the best divisions in all of baseball. 10 and 7 there. Uh, they are eight games under 500 now, and they are now 13 and 3 against the Padres since the start of the 2021 season. We'll talk about some of the weird, wild stuff going on uh, this weekend. What's coming up this weekend that's ahead of us here, uh, as well as preview the 2022 MLB draft, where are the Rockies selecting, why are they selecting in that spot, what have they done in the recent past, what might they do. We'll take a look at some three players. So we've got a jam-packed show. Susie, who stood out for you most, would you say, in Thursday's 8-5 victory over the San Diego Friars? Um, like in a good way or a not so good way? Because ooh, Kyle ooh, Freeland ooh. definitely stood out to me. Um, tell. Because he, well, he was not on his A game. And he also was, was pretty angry, as we saw on the Padres broadcast. Did not see that on the Rockies broadcast. We didn't see it on the Rockies broadcast. It was only on the Padres bro- broadcast. But he uh, took to Brendan Rogers' bat. We found out that it was his bat. <laughs> The green tape was definitely the giveaway. Only a couple of pieces of wood broke off from it. Did not like where that light was placed. And when there is poor placement of lights, that is going to happen when you give up three runs in the fifth inning. All in all, Kyle Freeland's day, you know, was not as good as what he had hoped. Four innings pitch started out the fifth, but could not record an out. Six hits, five runs, three walks, three strikeouts. It wasn't what he had hoped. Leaves the game with the score tied. And uh, actually, the score wasn't tied there just yet. But uh, winning or tying run was in scoring position, would eventually score. And for him, you know, felt like, you know, he had really squandered an opportunity there for his team. Felt he was inconsistent in the zone. Gave up that home run to Trent Grisham. The only run, uh, only home run of the game, despite the fact there were 13 runs scored. Only the one homer by Grisham and Freeland. None too pleased after his overall performance. Yeah, he's, listen, we know he's an intense guy. He puts a lot of pressure on himself for sure. He expects greatness out of himself. So, I mean, he was, he was frustrated with himself. He was not happy. No, uh, I imagine after the game at some point, had to take off the purple belt and maybe put on an electrician's belt um, because that, (laughs) <laughs> we'll get that light fi- uh, figured out and, and fixed uh, tomorrow uh, at some point. 91 pitches, 56 strikes, four ground outs, two fly outs. Gave up a 3-0 lead. Then it was a 5-2 lead that he ended up uh, coughing up. The bullpen came in. Chassin gave up one hit uh, but was perfect. Otherwise, two innings pitched. Not bad for a guy that I want to say when they went out to Miami and Minnesota about three, four weeks ago, we weren't quite sure if he would be back in Colorado at that point because he had been struggling in here. It was really nice to see him uh, be integral in, uh, in this victory on Thursday afternoon. 
It really was so nice to see him when we talked to him after the game, too. I love seeing him happy. He's such a nice guy, and he's always got his son with him, who, like, always is decked out in a full little kid Rockies uniform. I just, I love that. He is a great human being. Um, but I also loved what he said about how, like, he just, he always feels the same, whether he hasn't pitched in a little bit, whether he's pitched three days in a row. He's like, I just always feel the same. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's important to have that consistency, no doubt, especially, you know, given some of the circumstances that uh, the Rockies can find themselves in in this ballpark. That was kind of one of the questions. It was a very wild game. And maybe, just maybe, the Rockies have an advantage uh, in this this game of attrition where you need to be not only mentally tough, which we know the Rockies are, and they're very resilient in this ballpark because they already know anything can happen. It's, it's happened yeah. to them already. It's mm-hmm. going to happen again. Uh, they're also going to do it to the opponent. But you also need to be physically tough enough to withstand it at altitude. And uh, I believe it was Chastine who said, San Diego does not like playing here. And the fact that, again, they are 13-3, and three, or yes, the Rockies are 13-3 and three against the Padres here at Coors Field since the start of 2021. For a team that is incredibly talented, even on days in which their best players are not in the lineup, Padres are still one of the better teams in the National League. And for the Rockies to have their number, to own them in that way, dare I say pwn them, poning the Padres, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's nice to see that. Very 2006 of you. Yeah, no, it certainly is. It's so great to see. Um, I feel like it boosts morale to me. Do you feel that way? I do. I, I know Jake Bird is one of those guys who had his morale boosted simply because Bud Black keeps going to him. He's been kind of a reliable guy. Now, the first uh, his first two appearances uh, in this series uh, got two outs. They got one out overall, gave up four runs in an innings pitch, but gets the call on back-to-back games so here he comes in i think that was the the seventh inning gives up a hit but strikes out two in that frame one two three eighth inning and jake bird is kind of back on track for a guy who's you know a rookie this is his first time in the big leagues was nervous in the bullpen warming up just a month ago now is one of those guys who's really seems to have stepped up in the place of a tyler kinley who of course we know his season is over not as dominant as a tyler kinley but when you have a guy as good as Kinley has been, really uh, would have been in the conversation, I think, uh, for an all-star selection for sure. uh, had he stayed healthy, right? Um, for for a guy to, to have lost a guy like that, that can can really damage a bullpen. But Bird has really stepped up, eased some things a little bit. Even Carlos Estevez did a nice job with a one, two, three, ninth inning here. Uh, I guess he would have gotten the save. Yeah, yeah, three, I three believe he. I believe he did. That's how saves works. So that's how they work. <laughs> three run lead. So nice to see uh, Carlos Estevez get that save. But for our DraftKings Sportsbook King of the Game, tip of the cap, uh, lowering of the glasses and a wink to Mr. <laughs> Randall Grichuk. Goes two for four, has two doubles, three RBI or three RSBI, and yeah. two very high and very nice socks. Yo, South game strong. I'm glad he's wearing the glasses again, too. I love, we need some more glasses representation in MLB for sure. But yeah, great stuff out of Grichik. You'd love to see it. I feel like he needs about uh, 10% more quirk in his batting stance in order to qualify for a good batting stance video because he already has the crazy high socks. So, yeah. you know, Gar can throw on a pair of jorts and just put on some like thigh high socks. Boom, you got that. 
You just need some, you know, spectacles there. You just need some bifocals and you're already kind of off to the races with your uh, do it yourself at home, poor man's bootleg Randall Gritchick. I, I think you're kind of on the way. Randall Gritchick. That sounds like a great Halloween costume too. Yeah. Well, Save that for later. Actually, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Kale, my apologies. Uh, Kale and I were actually starting a, a two-man uh, power post-punk group called Bootleg Randall Gritchick. Uh, our first show is in a month. Go to venue. We're playing the DNVR bar. Uh, we're just playing for the construction guys that are there. But uh, <laughs> I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty stoked about it. I know Kale's been been nervous, but he's working on the flyers and everything. So, look, the street team is going to be on point. It's just really the music that we need to work on more than anything. I'm surprised you didn't invite me. I was in a very competitive choir in high school. I'm a talented vocalist. Yeah, I was rejected for my school's show choir, unfortunately. So I did not go to Disney World. That was the that was the big allure. Was it's like I, I'll sing in the oh, choir, which yeah. I did. But going down to Disney World each and every year to perform. Now Kale's really excited. Kale, get in I here. I did because Kale is a performer for sure. But I He's did get to go kid. to Disney World, Patrick. In case you were wondering, you did or didn't. I did. Man. Mm -hmm. Kale, I know you may not have gone to Disney World. And yes, we will get back on track. This is a baseball podcast. Uh, but I gotta know, did you get the did you get the Disney World invite there, Kale? Or was it just not I don't mean to say just, but was it FedsCon all the way, all four years? I know you're uh, I actually qualified for nationals for Thescon. So, excuse you. Uh, excuse you, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, choir-wise, the coolest thing I got to do was go to Allstate, but that was rad. That's fantastic. Actually, I would uh, – did your school ever perform here at Coors Field? Because we've had a lot of – we had a really good uh, national anthem today, uh, of course, performed by Steph Holmbo, who's in some new thing that's going on that I saw an advertisement for, but shout out to Steph Holmbo. Major upgrade from all the children's choirs that we get here at Coors Field. Kale, were you ever uh, one of those? I was one of those choirs that got to sing at Coors Field, yeah. Were you a, was it a good choir or were you guys all over the place? It was a I'm good sure. choir. This was okay. in high school when I was with oh. my like really, really high level choir. But it's funny you brought that up because Yahir did some amazing work on the production side, and we actually have that video. Let's drop it in Yahir right now. Oh, please no. Yahir's not even on this call, Kale. Come on. His producer, <laughs> how I, we? There's no shadow stream yard here that we're using. He's like, where is he? What room shadow is he? Shadow stream yard. Could you? Oh my God. <laughs> some of the choir, some of the choirs are have been good. Some of the choirs have been cute. Some of the choirs have been atrocious. Yeah. I think they, look, they might not like be that. ready. They're, they're, you know what? Not, not everyone's ready, but how did they pass the audition process is what I'm wondering. It could We could have a replacement choir situation. I don't know if certain schools are holding out for better tickets, uh, extra vouchers for the hot dogs. I'm really not sure what goes on. I don't like to get into the politics of uh, singing the national anthem here at Coors Field, but we did have a good one here uh, on Sunday. Had some good uh, boys on base, particularly on the base stealing front. Got two bags from Garrett Hampson, Connor Joe. I think that's his sixth now for the year. So uh, it's good to see the Rockies stealing a lot of bases after stealing virtually none uh, for mm -hmm. most of this year. I know we had at, uh, at one point there was over a month stretch that the Rockies hadn't stolen a base 
at home. And so they've been a little bit more aggressive. Ryan McMahon actually, after Tuesday night's game, said, look, we just kind of have to get some things moving a little bit. You know, players in general, and uh, and this is a much lo- a larger conversation, uh, not necessarily to have today, but bottom line, you're waiting for the three-run home run. You don't want to take the bat out of anyone's hands, especially in the middle of the lineup. So even if you, uh, you know, you're Jonathan Daza, Jose Iglesias, Connor Joe at the top of the order, you got the bats behind you to drive you in. It's not necessarily your job to get in scoring position. It's their job to hit you in with an extra base hit. So therefore, hey, why chance it? It's also a long season. It's a marathon. There's a little wear and tear slamming your body down to slide. Again, it's an acceptable part of the game. We know that, but that is just one of those comments from everyone I talk to. They say that, look, that's that's a way to kind of ease off the gas a little bit is kind of reduce those stolen bases. If you're not you know, given the steal sign and it's really up to you, you might err on that side of, Hey, let me uh, let me take it a little bit easier. Let me trust in the guys uh, that are behind me in the order. We also know stolen bases don't pay when it comes to arbitration. So you know, stealing twenty bases versus only twelve isn't going to necessarily make you more money if you are uh, a young player. And you know, and to that point, that was one thing Buddy talked about. They really passed the baton today. Nine walks by Padres pitchers. So look, they didn't chase out of the zone. There were a couple four pitch walks. In fact. Uh, Blake Snell walked, uh, I believe it was Jose Iglesias with the bases loaded, and then walked Chris Bryant on four straight pitches. So just didn't have it. But the Rockies, everyone reached base. Everyone said, hey, you know what? I don't I don't need to hit a big three-run home run. I'm going to do my thing. I'll take a walk if I need to because the guy behind me I trust is going to do that. And so that was really nice to see them do that uh, in a major way on Thursday afternoon. For sure, yeah. All the boys got on base, and we love to see that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I love the stolen base conversation too. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I mean, I guess when you think about it, you know, that extra wear and tear, I'd never thought about it this way before, but that extra wear and tear, we know how hard it is to recover at altitude. So yeah, we got to conserve. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of those, those aspects that uh, I need to dig in into more and, uh, and ask some more questions about just kind of figure out some things. Those nine walks that the Rockies were able to record most since 2019, September 24th. Uh, that was actually in San Francisco. Uh, they've walked nine or more times in a single game, 67 times in franchise history. That's kind of surprising that they've been in that many games. Also looked it up. Shout out to Purple Row. Put me on the spot. Someone asked them and they said, actually, Patrick may know the answer. Of course, use the uh, trusty Google machine, Stathead, a.k.a. A.k.a. Is that baseball reference or is it the other one? It's baseball reference, okay. a.k.a. Pathead. Got it. <laughs> You're killing me here. You know I have COVID brain. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, looked it up. 16 walks. The franchise record, 16 walks. That's insane. I believe that was July 16th, 1994. Not here, but at Mile High Stadium. Uh, Cardinals pitchers, two different two different guys walked six different Rockies in that game. Everyone recorded uh, an RBI. And that game was actually quicker than this one. It was something like a 16-5 to five game. And yet, with all those walks, 16 of them, and all those pitches, it still was quicker. It was three hours, 21 minutes. Thursday's game, three hours, 42 minutes. Back-to-back tacos. Got to love that. Yes, James, thank you for leaving that comment. Yeah, I hope you pick up your tacos today and tomorrow. Exciting stuff here at Coors Field. Connor Joe walked three times, had a sacrifice fly RBI on top of that. Daza Chrome with two hits. And Jose Iglesias continues to do it with Mm -hmm. another 
two RBI game. Love what we're he, seeing out of that guy. He is. He is that guy this week. He is just, he's on a tear the past couple of days. You know, he hit that 1,000 hit milestone. Uh, he had a career high six RBI yesterday. And then today, another two RBI. Um, makes, listen, he's so productive. He's been so clutch. And it's amazing. Hey, uh, Bud Black mentioned something about Hampson starting to heat up and how he's been getting a lot of playing time. Uh, that that was kind of something that uh, I'd suggested in our article earlier this week that Montero would go back down so he could actually get some playing time. Maybe Hampson will stay in the outfield, or rather Hilliard will stay in the outfield after he got called up uh, while Chris Bryant was gone uh, on the paternity list and Hampson would move to the infield. We're seeing that his defense has been really crisp all year long, so it just kind of made me think, they might be trying to set the table a little bit for Hampson to get more comfortable on the infield, second base, a little short, a little third base, because if they do trade Jose Iglesias, Ezekiel Tovar may not be ready just yet. He is going to be held out of the Futures game uh, on Saturday. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. So it could be Trejo, Hampson kind of combination there at shortstop. So they, uh, they're prime and happy there, I think, just a little bit. So uh, that very well could make sense and it makes all the sense in the world to become a member of the dnvr.com oh. especially especially since it's only 50 cents for your first month and if you're already just enjoying the free podcast or our free show here on youtube the dnvr sports channel and you're ready to just go all in because you want access to that members only discord you want a member size beer uh, when we're back open on the corner of colfax in york you want all that great broncos nuggets abs coverage csu rams cu buffs you name it all that and more if you're ready to go all in for that you can get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com and if you want to get some great and free advice walk into any of 11 denver metro area light shade locations they are the experts when it comes to cannabis concentrates top shelf flowers edibles and of course super producer kale's favorite tinctures yes they've got accessories and more and the folks at Lightshade know all about that. They're going to point you in the right direction, whether you're new to the game or whether you're just looking for something new and a new product that they've tried themselves because they are the best in the game. They know what they're doing. And right now, you can actually get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. Shop online at Lightshade.com for pickup. Or really, you should visit that Lightshade location near you, especially the one on 6th Ave, eight minutes away from where the bar is located. That's their main hub. And it, they've... They've got it all for you, and then some. Very much like Evoca TV. I do yeah. Evoca.tv slash DNBR. Zero hidden fees or contracts. We're talking $25 per month plus receiver. That is, unless you use code DNBR, that's going to knock down $10 per month your first three months. Go to Evoca.tv slash DNBR so you can get Altitude Sports. Yes, finally watch Nuggets and Abs in your very own home. You can get AT&T Sportsnet. Yes, you can get the Rockies in your very own home. And yes, you do get the DNVR Sports Channel on Evoca TV. Head on over to evoca.tv slash DNVR. Use code DNVR for $10 off your first three months. Sounds good. Susie, you still uh, on the warmer side here up in yeah. the PNC Press Club? I am absolutely roasting in here right now. I've been roasting all day. I'm super dehydrated. I'm trying though. Oh, you have a fan? Where did you get that? Did you I bring that home? Yes, after sweating up here the last couple shows. Pro tip: bring a little mini fan. I don't have a mini fan. I have AC at home. Why would I have a mini fan just lying go on, around? Go on Amazon, make an order, and three minutes later, you will have a mini fan. Oh, I 
We know how Amazon works. They, we they know work. how it works, but I missed Prime Day. Ugh, I'm like actually a little whiny right now. I'm trying not to be. That's okay. Look, we'll we'll try to talk about some of the more funner, wilder things in general, as we we mentioned uh, with the the massive amount of walks. It was tacos again on back to back games. Really love that. That was fantastic. And I know this weekend coming up, there's going to be uh, a lot of excitement. Temperature still might be warm. It was 96 degrees for the first pitch here uh, on Thursday afternoon, and it wasn't too bad in the in the the, the first row. Kind of there was a lot of circulation. There's a big fan that's up there, not my little small guy there. But Corey, Jenny, I know you said it's kind of stagnant in uh, the upper reaches there, in the upper deck, if you will. The upper deck of the press box. Also, I noticed that your side of the press box, because you've got some AC air coming in, drafting in from the cafeteria area, it is a little cooler on that right side of the press box as opposed to the left side of the press box. Uh, But yeah, we we were suffering. Corey Sullivan was suffering more than anyone. <laughs> he was not. He was not enjoying the heat. Yeah, that's a good point. There very much could be a circulation thing going on with that. It was. It was kind of fine uh, there in in the cafeteria. And then late in the game, didn't get to refresh before the show, so we're really struggling here. Say yeah. prayer for us. Send good vibes our way. Please send some good vibes in the comment section. Because how the else? Soda are we machine. Do soda machine. Seltzer machine. Ran out of ice yeah that was first word problems (laughs) it was very upsetting because i like you know i went back over there like you know maybe like a dozen times to keep refilling my cup of water and getting some ice and you know it melts pretty quickly and then all of a sudden like yeah seventh eighth inning whenever we tweeted it out no more ice so i'm suffering i'm drinking room temperature iced tea right now Oh my God. Hashtag say a prayer for Susie. Please Hashtag, do. It's not a GoFundMe. What is it again? When we're, when, you know, we're just trying to raise some money for a, a good, GoFundMe. Uh, yeah. It is a GoFundMe. A okay, Kickstarter well, is for like a certain project. A GoFundMe is a charitable thing. We need something that's kind of in the middle that helps fund, you know, a personal ice maker for you to bring on the road and a little mini fan, something in the middle. Again, that's the new invention. That's the website that kind of, checks off both of those boxes or just uh, venmo me just venmo me some cash thanks yeah. at the Susie hunter on all platforms thank do you. you actually have that on your twitter account i there that that exists right there's a little venmo tag on some people's profile oh is there really that? oh i guess i could yeah. but you know what honestly like i have so many weird dudes that follow me like they'll i when i was doing my fundraiser last year for my my road trip my boys and girls club fundraiser I had dudes who were like, hey, if I send you extra money, will you send me pictures of yourself? And I was like, are you kidding me? So, like, I would just assume that guys would bed me and be like, oh, but I want you to send me pictures. Like, we're on freaking OnlyFans. I hate it here. I hate it here. Mm. What What if they were courtroom sketches? What if you shared <laughs> that instead? Do we know, that would possibly? be hilarious. Can you do courtroom sketches, Patrick? Because I, I can't draw for, no. I can't draw to save my life. Thomas Harding's actually a very good sketch artist. He's of course like he in is. the in the middle of like press conferences. He's like working. He's doing like Todd Helton from memory. Uh, a lot of a lot of hidden talents here uh, up in the press box. Oh, we're we're not going to see some of our buddies in the press box uh, this weekend, or at least on Friday. It's an Apple TV game. Yeah, if, I'm excited if, about that. Um, but yeah, so it's an Apple TV game, and also I feel like this upcoming weekend is the best weekend in terms of 
Rockies giveaways because there is a giveaway every freaking day. And none of them is a bobblehead, too. So usually that'll tip the scales, but there's something good, I think, for just about everybody. Or it's a good gift where if you're not digging on it, you can give it away to someone that Mm -hmm. you know will will like it. So keep your eyes peeled. Hunter Pence. Uh, we'll, we'll be around Katie Nolan, that whole crew, Hunter Pence, go to a local coffee shop in and around the ballpark, loves coffee. I mean, he has his own coffee place, Mm -hmm. Coral Sword down in Houston. So, uh, I'll be, be catching up with him. He had gone to like every little owl in all of downtown Denver, uh, last month when, when they were there. So do you uh, guys have plans to get coffee together? No, uh, we haven't exchanged information to, to be total coffee pals. Maybe I will just run into him like I did Chad Cool, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whatever it may be. Uh, he did have that complete game shutout after he saw me for coffee. Coincidence? I not. mean, there are probably no coincidences, not. Patrick. We know probably that. not because it was like a month later. But but oh. the Crocs and all that business, we've got that article up on the DNVR.com. That was uh, definitely a fun one. And I told I told Garrett Hampson, I said, watch out. Because Susie will be raiding your gibbets game. And he said, oh, that is a good idea. So mm-hmm. uh, at some point, we'll have to go around, look at all the different charms, all the different gibbets yeah. that players have in their Crocs. We know Lucas Gilbert to... ordered 500 I... of them. So yeah. it'll be fun. Um, uh, I went around looking yesterday to see <laughs> who had the best gibbets. I keep wanting to call them giblets, like it's the innards of a turkey. Um, but I, w- I started looking around, uh, like I looked at Sean Bouchard's Crocs, Brian Servant's Crocs, and they just have their numbers. They don't have anything interesting. So I'm like, guys, we got to step it up. We got to get maybe, more decorative. Now they're both rookies. So maybe you got to earn need your to have gym- it earned. Oh, I see. Where, mm, okay. Actually, this needs to be pitched to, to Gilly. Uh, we got to let them know and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You get to bestow gibbets on someone for a big play a big game like their girl scout badges like you get a home run gibbet you get a stolen base gibbet you get a stolen home run gibbet i like this that's it and really it's just going to be like a bunch of random things like it's going to be a ghost and be like all right well you know, you've, you stole second base. You're so speedy like a goat. Like, you, you know, you, you improv. You improvise a reason to make the gibbets work. You know, it's similar to, like, the University of Michigan. I think oh, Ohio definitely does it with the Buckeyes, the little stickers on the football helmets. So that could be the way to go. So we'll see if, if Gilbert, Gilbert has to recollect all of the Crocs, de-gibbets them, only to then go back and say, okay, now you need to earn the gibbets. It, it may be too late. The dam maybe has already busted. I, I'm not sure. Patrick, it sounds like he might need to make another spreadsheet. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. I told you, <laughs> I told you someone had made a spreadsheet, and now we can we can discuss it. Yes, Lucas Gilbert. I, uh, I was so mad heart. that I got scooped by my own coworker because I was talking to Kevin about it too, and I was like, "Oh my God! Like I want to do this story. I want to do it tomorrow morning." And then I found out about this business, and I was upset. So there, there will be, uh, there will be other weird footwear and weird trends that go on. They don't have any home run celebrations. They had the yeah. glasses last year, you mm-hmm. know. Some teams have done the football helmet, you know, the suit jacket, all that. So yeah. that's going to come in the second half. That happened in 2019 when they fell out of contention. They were doing uh, las cucarachas, uh, the cockroaches. They were making the little gestures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the antenna on their head. So there's still plenty of time for that next thing and, and figuring out, you know, where 
where it came from. But uh, they're not giving away gibbets at Coors Field. They are giving away a cross-body bag giveaway. Very trendy. They're giving that out on mm-hmm. Friday. Saturday is a Mandalorian beverage wrap and then a very cool decorated water bottle on Sunday. Water. Water bottle. <laughs> oh, can't. Bottle for beverage bottle. Uh, a water Sunday. bottle. A water bottle. And Saturday's game is also 110, too. Keep that yeah. in mind. We're looking at Marquez versus Jose Quintana on Friday. Saturday, Jose Urania versus Mitch Keller. And then Sunday, to be determined on both ends, maybe Bryce Wilson for the Pirates. For the Rockies, you're thinking, well, it's Austin Gomber's day. But in talking with Buddy pregame before Thursday's contest, uh, he did throw Sensatella's name in the ring there. It made a really good, successful rehab start on Tuesday in Sacramento. With the isotopes, five innings pitch, only gave up one run. So could be either one of those guys on the final game before the All-Star break. And we've you know got the All-Star weekend already starting up. Futures game on Saturday, a day early. Last year they had, uh, it was the Futures game. Yeah. Then what was it? One Republic had a little mini concert. And then it was the Celebrity All-Star game. I remember because a good buddy of mine was there, I think with his aunt, and we caught up. And he's like, I got to get back. One Republic's about to go on. And I'm like, it was a busy day. I was here. I was there for the uh, celebrity softball game, uh, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it I was. I, I, I missed that. I went over to the to the draft, saw some of the people. I don't I haven't seen a list as to who's participating in the softball game. I don't know that I have either, but I feel like it's I mean, they're in L.A. They're going to have to have actual celebrities well, that's it. at this one. You know? That's it. I think it could be a last minute of like, you know, you get texted by your agent on Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. say, hey, you want to head on down to Dodger Stadium? There's a thing going on. And then it'll be whoever just kind of shows up, which hey, is, is pretty nice. Um, I feel like last year there were a lot of people who were was like, who is that? They're a TikTok star. Got yeah. it. OK, so Did I that, feel like you know who the Miz was, though, right? Yes. Who, who is he? A wrestler. Yes. <laughs> oh, put it on the list, right? You know John Cena. Okay. And now you know the Miz. That's two. All right. I know two go. wrestlers. Um, I know three because I know Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Rock personally. the Dwayne Johnson. You got it. So three. So look at see, you kind of are low key a big wrestling fan. Don't. We've just proven that. Don't. We've proven that Zach Veen's gonna have a little something to prove against the other top <laughs> prospects in all of the game on Saturday's future game. Futures game. Ezekiel Tovar was supposed to be in that contest. Unfortunately, he's out with a groin strain. He's on the IL right now with the Yard Goats, and so uh, that's that. Sunday, the draft will start at 5 p.m. First pick should be within 15 minutes or so. That's how they did it last year. It's still a whole new thing. That's a whole new presentation that they've got going on. So we'll kind of see how that ends up working out. I imagine they're gonna want to get to that first pick really quick just to kind of keep things moving, keep people's attention as it were. So 5 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time is uh, is when it's going down for that. And we'll probably be live during yeah. that. So yeah, you'll that's, have that's to the plan. mark your little calendars. Make sure you're ready because we're going to we're going to celebrate whatever the draft pick has to offer us. We look, we've we're going to talk about the draft here in in just a second, but I feel like we need to kind of recap or rehash today mm-hmm. in a nutshell, or even this Padres series in an, in a nutshell. So uh, I don't know if we're branding this, the dirty 30 or just the 30, the 30. Well, you know what? That's this 30. is, we're going to keep it clean. Uh, but yeah, the idea is we're going to recap today's game in 30 seconds. Are you ready, Patrick? 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm up first. Uh, do you want to be up first or do you want me to be up first? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes, and. Yes, and yes, I'm and. going to have the best 30 seconds ever. Because I don't mind going first. Super producer Kale is, uh, he's got on the stopwatch. I can see you, Kale. You can just kind of wave in front of your face and that's my go. Coffreeland, not the best today. Four innings pitch. Did give up five earned runs. Four fly ball outs, two ground outs, and one broken light fixture. Thanks to Brendan Rogers. Everyone got on base. Nine walks. Padres couldn't find the strike zone. They could not wait to get out of here. Soon enough, they might have even charted a jet halfway through the game to get back home in sunny San Diego because the Rockies simply own the Padres right now, 13-3 and against them since the start of the 2021 season. So really, Padres are the fathers. Sorry, the Rockies are the fathers of the Padres. It's done. Boom. But you lost because you went over. Maybe. 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 That was fun. I think I think you, you did a good job. That buzzer is um quite jarring though. Okay, Susie. So then your question is gonna do you want to answer the same question or do you want a different one? I mean I was I was gonna do my own recap. Or okay. you want you me should. to do something different. You should because I'm curious to, to see who does a better job encapsulating <laughs> a game, a series, and dare I say a vibe. Oh so Kale's gonna get wave you in here to get started. All right. Okay, go. Okay, so for the first inning and a half, literally nothing happened. And then in the second inning, stuff started happening. People started scoring. Then in the fourth inning, the Rockies went for a nice walk. Everyone freaking walked. It was insane. Four consecutive balls. And then Blake Spell actually loaded the bases on a walk. He walked in two runs. The game lasted about five hours. Kyle Freeland had a fit. And then the Rockies got tacos. And that's, that's what else do you need to know? Got it. That was it. That was a good uh, summation. Although disappointed that none of us mentioned in the recap, again, didn't necessarily have to pertain to this single game. We forgot to talk about the, uh, the great close-up that was featured on AT&T Sportsnet. Maybe the, hi- the highlight, the star of the entire week, the American Dipper. The bird. Great bird. The, the bird. bird. Well, I guess if we were recapping this series, we would have talked about the bird. But yeah, there was a, we saw it here on the big screen, just like this bird eating a bug. Dragonfly. It was, was it a dragonfly? It was gigantic. huge. It was huge. And then like the little burp at the end. So cute. Do birds burp, Patrick? No, but that is, so humans, we're, we're great. So we, we cool off by perspiring. <laughs> Are we great? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if I would not that, as a but... species, but what's made us the, 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 king of the jungle if you will the, the top of uh the food chain uh, we perspire it helps keep us cool birds can't do that so on a hot day you will see birds just with their mouth open not like Aww. it's not like a thing of oh i'm waiting for my mommy to feed me no that's how they they cool off i mean it's similar to dogs right with their tongues sticking yeah, out yeah that's the only way they can expel heat so you know it's a hot day when birds are are doing that to help keep themselves cool i did not know that um thank you for subscribing to dnvr birds um, I like that Spilly was getting into bird watching. He was reading a bird watching book. Might have been air. a Sibley's. Might have been a Sibley's book. That's that's one of the big books out there. I'm like, I don't know what that means. So it's okay. You're not a birder. I'm not. I'm not going to expect you to know uh, all, all the different, you know, uh, Honestly, bird don't publications. Ex- <laughs> don't expect anything from me. Like in all aspects. 
Look, I, look, I expect you to learn a thing or two about rugby because we've got one of the best ones here in Denver. It's the American Raptors. Go to AmericanRaptors.com. You can get free tickets. They've got, you know, players like uh, Taniela Tuopoo from the University of Washington. He also played with the Seahawks, Falcons, Cardinals, uh, San Diego Fleet, Seattle Dragons of the XFL. Like, we're talking legit athletes. Yes, they might not be names you are terribly familiar with. Some guys, I'm sure that you're like, oh, yeah, no, I remember that guy. Big Pac-12 player, whatever it may be. Uh, but they've got great athletes who are learning the game, and they're learning it right in our backyard, Rugby Town, USA. At Infinity Park in Glendale. Our guy Colton Strickler has it all covered for you on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. He's got one-on-one rugby podcasts. He's talking with athletes, coaches, and he's giving you some amazing betting advice as well on the Super Rugby. So not only can you, can you win a couple bucks, but at the water cooler, you can sound really smart because you're going to know a thing or two about the sport of rugby. And you call it the sport of rugby, so that's how you know, like... You know your your stuff. Like the sport of baseball. It makes it sound a little fancier, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds so fancy. The sport of baseball sounds a little too fancy for some of the nonsense that we see day to day, but it is a little bit. It it a is a little nonsense. bit. All right. Are we ready here to to kick things off into MLB twenty twenty two draft overload? We we're ready to to, to go. Rockies, uh, they're not on the clock yet, but man, we're, we're three days away from the 10th overall pick for the Colorado Rockies. Susie, you know, we know that with, with baseball, it takes so much longer for guys to make it to the majors. And so there's not that immediate pop of the NFL where, hey, I already know that guy and I'm excited to see them go yeah. you know, to this team or to play with this old teammate, whatever it may be. Basketball, very similar too, because I think you can project and say this guy's going to be dominant in a couple years with some more you know, meat on their bones, whatever it may be. Hockey and MLB, they're kind of in that, that similar vein, so to speak, where you may not be familiar with them. You may not see them right away, but uh, you know, what, what's your take on, on this time of year uh, as we uh, approach the eve of the MLB draft? Listen, we know that baseball is not a game of instant gratification, and that carries into the draft. But the fun thing about the draft is it's so much fun to look towards the future and to imagine what could be, and this is the prime time to do it. Yeah, it's a lottery ticket. You know, you could find a diamond in a rough. You can you can get something out of, you know, picks that are in the third, fourth, fifth round. Traditionally, that hasn't been the case. You also have some really good, you know, stories that are out there. You, even when I'm talking with uh, scouting uh, farm director Chris Forbes, that like they were able to get something out of a 35th round pick. They don't even have 35 rounds anymore. Now it is down to just 20 rounds, but they got something out of Rico Garcia uh, just a few years ago uh, when he mm-hmm. was able to pitch with them in 2019. So uh, the last couple years here, uh, going back to 2021, last year, ninth overall, they selected. Benny Montgomery, and in the second round, Jaden Hill, Joe Rock. Really good to see Jaden Hill come back uh, and make his debut uh, finally after Tommy John surgery. So those are three of the more newer names that they got last year, 2020. It was Zach Veen and Drew Romo in the first round, 2019, Michael Tolia. And then in the first round of 2018, their first pick was Ryan Rollison. Didn't really have a first-round pick in 2017 because they signed Ian Desmond. So just when you think (laughs) that that can't come back to haunt you in a way, maybe it does. But uh, those those are some of the names that, again, are 
still, you know, a couple levels away. None of those guys are in, are in AAA right now. Uh, it's it's double A for Tolia. It's double A, of course, for uh, a guy like Ezekiel Tovar. But but Tolia from those that draft class, they're all double A or lower. Ryan Ralston right now is on the shelf. Probably should be uh, with the big league club. And then going back further, I I don't know, Susie, do you? You know, there's some some names. I don't. I think Brendan Rodgers is the biggest name of the young guys that has made an impact. Where you're yeah. excited about their future, you can see them as a future all-star if, if you go back four years. But again, he was in 2015. There's there's about four years there, but from 2015 through uh, 2018, 2019, where you know, again, we've they've had some players that we've seen here at Coors Field make their debut, but you know, they haven't had that same pop or that same impact just mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, you mentioned Brendan Rodgers. Um, so yeah, he was out of that 2015 draft class. And the excitement has just been following it or definitely followed him through the minors because I don't remember like, for instance, Yard Goats fans getting more excited for a prospect arriving than Brendan Rodgers. And of course, I think the excitement now, Ezekiel Tovar has that level of excitement, maybe even more. But yeah, he was out of that 2015 draft class. Um, maybe some of the quickest turnaround that we've seen. So Ryan Feltner and Jake Bird are from that 2018 draft class and they've already debuted. That's not that long ago, right? That's only four years ago. It's still 2022, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> three, it's, it's three seasons, right? 20. Mm-hmm. Well, and also too, there's no minor league season there. And so, and so that's, I'm glad you brought that up because you go back to 2018 and you're saying, well, Ryan Rawlson has been hurt. It seems like he should have debuted in the last two years. I even thought that possibly in 2019, he would come up as a bullpen piece if they were uh, in the hunt for one of those, those wild card spots. And so you kind of have to look back further than that. You know, it does take a couple years to develop. Other teams have done a better job at their development and their, their draft and development and have gotten something out of their guys. But you're right. You'd have to go back to that 2018 draft uh, before you start. That's the soonest, right? That's the soonest that we've seen players uh, debut 2017. Lucas Gilbreth, Alan Trejo, Ryan Valade, Sean Bouchard, and Tommy Doyle, a name uh, some people might have uh, forgotten about. Uh, he did debut there late uh, in 2020. 2016, Brian Servin, Ben Bowden, Colton Wilker, those last two no longer with the organization. But Garrett Hampson, he was up in 2018, less mm-hmm. than or just a little bit more than two years in the minors. Boom skyrockets to the major league based on his skill set kind of was was major league ready really early on coming out of Long Beach State yeah for sure and yeah that year that he debuted he started that season at double a in Hartford so he he moved fast he moved very fast yeah the Rockies have been a little bit more aggressive with their their guys they've been drafting Joe Rock a player who uh, we just mentioned was was selected in the late in the second round um, of the last of 2021 MLB draft. He skipped over low A, so he's already you know being challenged and uh, and given that opportunity to maybe debut a little bit sooner than normal. You don't necessarily need to go to low A, high A, double A, triple A for four years. You don't need a year in all of those. You can go quicker than that. And so I like that the Rockies have been a little bit more aggressive with their promotion. Now, how the draft works, it's different than the others. The higher your pick is, the better player you could get. But it's not quite the same thing where who's the best player, that's who's definitely going first. Who's the second best player? I think we know who it is. That second best player is going second. What happens is you get uh, a bonus pool money. Each slot, each pick comes with a certain dollar amount, and teams can get very creative with that. So 
a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks, actually I've even heard uh, the the Orioles with their first overall pick, somewhat linked to a guy like Jackson Holiday. Now Jackson Holiday, uh, son of Matt Holiday, will be a top five pick, no doubt about it. But is he the best overall player? Maybe not. Orioles could go ahead and talk with somebody like him, or maybe even somebody that's just outside of the top four, like a guy like Cam Collier, who I absolutely love and was hoping would be available to the Rockies at 10, but he started to shoot up draft boards. They could talk to Cam Collier and say, well, they're not going to say, hey, you're not the best player overall, but they're going to say, look, we'll take you first. And that has a lot of value, obviously, and a lot of marketability going forward for you. It's a lot, it's a great honor, mm-hmm. but we're not going to give you this entire slot value. We're going to give you a little bit less than that, or maybe a lot less did it. And now they've got an extra million, million and a half that they can use later on to give to a kid who wants to be taken early in the first round and is playing hardball. And teams just say, you know what? We don't want to deal with that. The Orioles now at that extra money can go and get another really good player either in the competitive balance A round or in the the beginning of the second round. So you can almost, there are teams out there who look at their draft board and say, these are the top 15 or 20 players in the game uh, that are available for this year's draft. We can get two of those, even though we only have two of the top 30 or 40 picks. We can get two players inside the top 15 because of that flexibility. We might not get the best player, but if we get someone who's a little bit lower down on the list, we can offer him less money. Now we can take that savings and go elsewhere. So you really can be creative if you are of a creative mindset. So it really flips things on the head to say, hey, did you get the best player? It's really, did you get the best situation for your team and your draft board? Mm-hmm. Now, Patrick, we know the Rockies have the 10th pick. How did they get there? What can they do with that? So, of course, uh, as we had talked about in, in our pregame, uh, we, we know that for this year, it's really just based on reverse standing. So the worse you are, uh, the better the pick you're going to get next year. Of course, that's going to change. There's going to be a lottery system that was all part of the new CBA. Uh, but this year's draft is predicated on the previous CBA. Uh, that being said... They've got the 10th pick because they had the 10th worst record last year. But the reason I know you're asking is because they probably could have had a much better pick. Now, how? It's based on their win-loss record. Well, the reason they won as many games as they did, particularly in the second half of the season, you might remember they were really bad on the road all year long, like historically bad. And then they played really solid on the road. They were almost like a 500 team. Maybe it was closer to 400, but they weren't a... 200 winning percentage club. So they started winning more games and teams that were ahead of them in the standings, like the Cubs and the Nats, they traded away their players and actually sunk down below the Rockies, therefore taking a higher pick away from the Rockies, taking away that opportunity and taking away that bonus pool money. So that's been one of the things that I think, you know, those fans and, and a lot of a lot of those uh, folks that work for Purple Row, Rocks Pile, uh, you know, just, just the hardcore fans that are part of the Rockies Twitter, they already know that that when you're bad, it's, it's not necessarily tanking, but the worse you are, the better off you're going to be compensated later on. And when you keep guys that are going to help you, you know, be good, even when you're mediocre, that's going to have a ripple effect through the future uh, and, and through the next year's draft. So they don't trade Trevor Story. They're not able to do that. He's very frustrated by that. They don't trade John Gray, who... You know, made overtures that he wanted to stay and stick around. That doesn't happen. They've got some egg on their face. They've got nothing to show for that. At least there's a compensation pick tied to Trevor's story. Michael Givens was the only reliever that they were able uh, to get something for last year. Daniel Bard was one of those guys. A couple other players who uh, were going into their free agent year this year, like a Carlos Estevez. If 
you evaluated this team to say, you know what, they're going to be going into the break around 10 games under 500 like they are right now. We'll wait and see what happens in the Pirate series. But if they are going to be 10 games under 500 into the break, they are not a contender. So therefore, what do you need those fringe pieces for? You could have offloaded them last year, gotten even more for them uh, it, by way of prospects, and also lost a few more games, had a better pick, had extra money. It's this trickle-down effect. If you trickle down effect, if you take care of the little things, big things can take care of themselves. That is your saying, Patrick. You say that all the time. But yeah, how will things look differently? Are we going to see less of that tanking in the future now that things have changed with the CBA? That's what's supposed to happen, right? Um, I, I don't know uh, if that will. Uh, I was digging in a little bit of the draft stuff, obviously, you know, preparing for uh, the draft show coming up and everything that we've been doing. And it does seem like there are there are some good uh, methods to to preventing it. But at the same time, I think teams would just rather say, we want to focus our window of contention in and around the same time. So, you know, it can be a crapshoot. That's the other thing, too. With tanking, you say, well, it's a crapshoot. You know, Riley Pint, fourth overall, Kurt Yard Goat. You haven't gotten anything out of him, so that can happen. We also know you could have a, a third-round pick. I think Will Smith, a catcher for the, the Dodgers, might have been in the third round. And, you know, he's going to be a perennial all-star here going forward. So that can happen. But if you've got a really high pick and all that extra money, right, all that, all the, all that, uh, the slot value in the bonus pool, if you've got that for three, four years in a row, you're also trading away guys who aren't going to be there in three, four years going forward. Now you're you're building your, your farm system. You're building that prospect pool. Now you're saying, okay, all eyes are pointed towards this year. All eyes are pointed towards 2026 or 2027. Look at the Orioles now. They're over 500. They're competing there in the AL East. It doesn't always work. But when you have a plan where you go all out on the tanking, it has to be all out. You can't just do it for one year or two. It's got to be three, four, maybe even five years. It does end up working. So I don't know if it will curtail it a ton. I think it will a little bit, but you'll have those teams that say, look, we just can't can't contend and we can't rebuild on the fly. So we need to break it all down before we rebuild it. So I think we'll have less teams doing that to ultimately mm -hmm. to answer your question. Now, uh, instead of looking forward years from now, should we look forward to a couple of days from now? Who could the Rockies potentially be looking at with that 10th draft pick or that yeah number 10 pick top five guys that are going to go before them that they should not be able to sniff at all because they're going to get taken in no mm -hmm. particular order drew jones son of andrew jones jackson holiday son of matt holiday tamar johnson elijah excuse me elijah green son of former steelers tight end and pro bowler eric green and cam collier son of former fourth outfielder lou collier who I absolutely love. I don't yeah. think he's going to be available. He's the Zach Veen of this draft where something could happen and maybe, just maybe he falls to the Rockies and I would be ecstatic. Kid is 17 years old, playing incredibly well in junior college, doing the Bryce Harper thing. 17, mm -hmm. youngest kid in the entire draft. Love Cam Collier. But the three guys that I think have been tied to them most, Jacob Berry, Jace Young, and Gavin Cross. Now, uh, the guy that I maybe least keen on is Gavin Cross out of Virginia Tech. And that's, you know, it's not necessarily have anything to do with the fact that he's an outfielder and the Rockies right now are very flush with outfielders. These things will sort themselves out. So sure, you don't want all of your, you know, prospect capital into 
and, and, and uh, the same position. We saw that at first base with Michael Tolia, as well as Grant Levine, uh, Ellie Harris Montero, and Cole Welker to a degree. Uh, but you don't want all of that in there. Now, Gavin Cross, he can hit. He's uh, more power than hit, real easy power. He's got a great physical presence. Um, you know, doesn't have too many weaknesses. I think he's going to be more of a, a corner outfielder. Did spend some time in center field with the Hokies there. Will chase out of the zone, mashes the fastball, not as much on the off-speed pitches. That would probably be my biggest concern is that, you know, uh, ability to go outside the zone. Maybe he improves that. He actually did from uh, last season to this with Virginia Tech. So maybe he can continue that going forward. But, you know, ultimately, considering they have got a, a ton of outfielders and I, I don't see his upside maybe being as high as some of the other ones, I'm going to put him third on the depth chart, but he is still third on that depth chart. Yeah, he's still on the chart. Um, are you a little more keen on Chase Young? I am. I could very much see him having the edge over a guy like Jacob Berry. Uh, who doesn't necessarily have uh, a true position, but Jace Young isn't up the middle guy. Again, if we're talking about, you know, where the Rockies assets are right now, they don't have a ton of guys up the middle, you know, Juan Brito at second base, of course, Ezekiel Tovar is the guy at shortstop at El Amador, but they've got so many more outfielders, right? Jace Young's got a premium bat from left field. He's got a baseball pedigree. His brother, Josh Young, uh, was selected, I believe, ninth overall in 2019 by the Texas Rangers. He's a top 100 prospect. He's got power to all fields. Love his baseball IQ. That's really helped him out on the defensive side. He's okay. Uh, I don't know that there's an opportunity maybe for him to move over to third base. I think he's going to be a true second baseman. Yes, the Rockies have Brendan Rodgers. Uh, but even though you know Young may move through the minors very quickly, uh, I still think there's a there's a, there. you don't have to worry about Hey, we've got Jace Young coming up. What are we going to do with Brendan Rodgers? Maybe Rodgers moves over to third base. Uh, there are definitely possibilities with that kind of getting sorted out. So love the the pedigree uh, out of Jace Young and uh, and being a middle infielder. So uh, he would make Rockies fans, I think, pretty happy. And he's most frequently been a guy attached to the Rockies with that 10th overall pick. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I do like that his brother, who is named Josh, they kept with the J theme. I know we've talked about the K theme with Chris Bryant. We're jeeping up with the Jardashians here with the young family. Jerry Jice, Jerry Jice. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Now, speaking of Jays, um, how are you feeling about Jacob Berry out of LSU? So literally like the only knock on this guy is that he may not have a true position. He's a guy that played third base, played a little for uh, outfield for, uh, LSU, but I mean, the guy's just got a huge hit tool. If you're familiar with Chicago White Sox prospects, he's probably very similar to uh, a guy like Andrew Vaughn. And, um, you know, he doesn't necessarily have a, a true position right now. He can play a little bit of first base, uh, but ultimately uh, doesn't, doesn't have a spot on the diamond. Uh, that's a concern. But with the DH now in the National League, I think that's really huge. Uh, can just hit. Uh, another guy with with really good IQ and can mash switch hitter uh, hits a little bit better from the left side. That's the one you want because you mostly face right-handed pitching. So uh, I I think Jacob Berry is a better baseball player overall. And so if he's available, it's it's hard. It's really gonna. I think it's gonna be between Jacob Berry and uh, Jace Young if those guys are available. And if my guy Cam Collier isn't available. Uh, Gavin Cross, Jace Young, Jacob Bear, I think those are the three guys 
that are most likely going to be available for the Rockies with the 10th overall pick on Sunday's 2022 MLB draft. Patrick, thank you for breaking all of these down. Um, I will light some candles for your guy, Cam, a little candle circle. We'll see. Maybe maybe lightning will strike two out of three years, uh, and they'll get uh, the 2022 version, so to speak, of, of Zach Veen. Uh, we can talk more about this on the members only discord. If you are a member yeah. to the DNVR, now only 50 cents for your first month. Uh, and I will in text form break down the top 200 prospects. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to exactly do that. But if you do have questions, of course, you can reach out to me there in the members only discord uh, or even you know in our DMS here on Twitter. Uh, uh, we're at DNVR underscore Rockies and I am at Patrick D Lyons on Twitter. I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. And look, we've got a lot of momentum here going into the weekend, going into our, our draft show, so to speak. Uh, we'll, we'll be live. We'll, we'll break it down. We'll get the immediate reaction. Maybe I will be doing backflips in the PNC club because Cam Collier is a Colorado Rocky. I'm kind of hyping myself up for that right now. I really am. You're so hyped right now, Patrick. I love it. It could happen. It <laughs> might be able to happen. I don't know. I'm really excited. But you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.